0: Again, that's Macy's.com slash Own Your Style. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids to a classroom? Homes.com knows that these are all the things that you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's all so you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com, we've done your homework. <sighs> Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Centiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. In every pair of Takova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless western style. Takova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers. And with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecova store, where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all.
1: Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thank Life a little more families. Tight tighten up can you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Four Things. I'm your host, Amy Brown, and my husband actually just walked in. So I made him sit down at the mic to do the intro with me. Because You kind of were my booking agent. You booked one of my guests.
2: Yeah, how does that feel?
0: That's Well, what do you mean, how does it feel?
2: How does it feel to have your husband book something for you? I I guess it
0: feels good. It would be nice if my husband could turn his (laughs) phone off. But I mean, I guess I did just pull you in here. You didn't even know if you're going to record. If y'all heard that ding, it was my husband's phone. But, um, you know, I have four things each episode. So always looking for content and what we can talk about. And you booked one of the things. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd pay you, but we don't make money off of hmm. this, so. Um, yeah, still waiting for
2: that. Yeah. I'm not really that good <laughs> of a bookie today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, your fee will be good to take me out to lunch. Oh, man, mm-hmm. that's a loss. Isn't that Is not that a loss? loss or a win? What? That's a win. Uh, I'm i mean probably
2: getting juice.
0: <laughs> we are going to go. Green. No, I want to go to this. I want to get avocado toast.
2: Something green.
0: So basic of me right now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm legit craving it. And there's this new place in town. We want to go get it. So uh just quickly we'll run through the menu of today's episode. Do you want to hear what it is? Sure. So you know, I mean, you'll you listen to my podcast, right? Yeah, all the time. Okay. So this is what you are going to hear if you listen to today's episode. I've got part two with my friend Nicole at Kale Junkie on Instagram. She mm-hmm. was on last week talking about the start of her eating disorder and kind of the roots of it and how it came on. She knows when she was a kid and then how it played a role later in her life when it crept back up and she was like, oh my gosh, it just got out of control. So, you know, today is more of the recovery side, which I think is important to touch on because she is recovered and, you know, thank goodness. Um, but she was on the path that I know a lot of people get, get stuck on and it's a vicious cycle and it's just, ugh, it's so it's such a dark, dark place. And so I'm so thankful that Nicole came on with us to get vulnerable and that today is like the, the happier side, the recovery side. And hopefully y'all will listen to that and know that there is hope and that you can, it can be in your past and not that it doesn't like creep up from time to time, like in your thoughts, but anyway, I'll let, I'll let Nicole do the talking when y'all hear her yeah. segment, she'll, she'll be save the it fir- for her. Oh, save it for her. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Thank you. (laughs) I know I'm rambling. I'm kind of just giving the menu, but I've got Jessica Honiger. Um, I pulled a post from her Instagram that she wrote about moms and how we can kind of compare ourselves, the working mom versus the stay-at-home mom. You know, like kind of she's a working mom, and so she kind of had feelings about this one mom that was always like volunteering and able to do everything at the school and was always at all her kids' things and yada, yada, yada. And how that can be hard, because if you're working, you can't always do that. But that the stay-at-home moms sometimes have feelings towards the working moms, and then it becomes this whole thing. But her post was that, talking about how we all are important. We all play a role, and we all should just encourage each other and be there for each other, right? Love it. Love it. Then also, the girl you booked, your girl, Kim Anderson, Mm who is super awesome. She is the wife of one of your friends, and we talk about that when she's on. I've already interviewed her, and we talk about how you know her, but- just shout out for booking her. She is a counselor, a life coach, and she's got a book coming out and a podcast coming out soon, but um, she's just, if you want to check her out, her website is kimanderson.life and she'll be on for about, I think we did like four weeks worth with her and oh, wow. each week we're going to talk t- uh, touch on a different thing. And this week we're talking about the power of no and how you should create boundaries and Be okay with saying no. Because some people are just yes people. Mm -hmm. Like they say yes to everything when they know. It's like, oh, I should have said no. But they don't know how to do it. And it's sometimes you just need to be okay with saying no. Like it's okay. It's okay to give yourself that.
2: Yeah, and it's better to be good at a few things than... You know, try to do everything, and not, and then you're stressed out and not doing your best, right? Because when you say doing, yes to everything, you're,
0: like, you're still saying no to something somewhere. Yeah, somewhere but it may be you're like no to, to doing your, a good job to to do it. Yeah, that's it right. Same thing
2: we talk about to
0: doing a good job, or to mm-hmm. your family who you feel like, oh well, they'll be fine without me, so I'm just going to say yes to another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big thank you to Kim for coming on, and then the last thing is has to do with the Enneagram, but it's Enneagram songs. Like there's a group. That wrote a song for each number. And apparently, like when you listen to it, it like you'll feel connected. So there's the menu. That's what's coming up on today's episode. Did you
2: guys give a shout out to Gravy?
0: We did. We did. That's that's Kim's husband. That's my husband always wants to make sure that her husband gets the shout yeah. out. But yes, we talk about him and how y'all met in Afghanistan and all the things.
2: Like have you ever seen like a massive
0: Oh, she talks about that. Bodybuilder
2: like pilot at the front door saying thanks for flying here. That's gravy.
0: Oh, yeah. Who does he fly for now? United. United. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Because now he's out of the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Or what was he in? The, the he Navy. In,
2: yeah, he was in the Navy. Was in Navy.
0: Oh, you're like shaking your head like, uh, Navy guys. I mean, they're all right. Y'all are so competitive. Well, I
2: mean, they're fine. I mean, we're all we all fight together. But then, when we're obviously when we can argue against each other, we will argue against each other. But and we, just to
0: clarify, what branch do you think is the best in the military? Air Force. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the way. Do y'all have a saying like the, what branch goes hoorah or? That's Army. Army. Do y'all does Air Force have one?
2: No. Oh no, we're just normal people. Fi we're we We're Marines. just normal. We're like. An air force. Oh,
0: great! Now all th- all the army people listening, we need to apologize because you're normal too. <laughs> My husband means no disrespect.
2: <laughs> no, they'll say something like "chair force." They're like, "Oh, I thought you were in the military," or they'll say, "Oh." <laughs> oh, cause
0: y'all. So that's like, how y'all yeah, get made fun yeah, of. Yeah,
2: the army and be like, "Oh, you mean chair force?" And be like,
0: "Cause that y'all just sit in a chair, no, apparently, and do nothing."
2: Hey, we all have our thing. We make it's fun. We banter back and forth.
0: Oh, okay. Um, do you have anything you want to say before we get started?
2: Oh, let's go eat.
0: Oh guess you're hungry for the avocado toast.
2: <laughs> First thing. That's right.
0: yeah. Kale Junkie is back. We've got Nicole on. She was with us last week. If you missed her episode where it was a little introduction into uh, her past, she was vulnerable with us, shared about her eating disorder, and we're kind of on a little journey with her Um Today we're going to touch more on the recovery, but if you missed that episode, it was last Thursday, May second. So definitely go download that so that you're you're caught up. But I asked Nicole to come back because I felt like the recovery side was so important. We went into where the eating disorder started, um, how when it when it was at its height, and then she had to hit rock bottom to get better, and then now she has this amazing. Um, website, kalejunkie.com. Fabulous recipes. Her Instagram is full of like the most yummy things you've ever seen. And she's able to eat them. She's able to cook them and eat them and not go through any binges. And I was definitely curious, as I'm sure a lot of you were listening, um, kind of what that that chapter looked like of recovery from her last binge and purge to now being able to you know, put all this yummy food up online and also consume it. So Nicole, I'll let you kind of take it from there.
3: Thanks for having me back, Amy. Um, yeah, this is such a, you know, an important topic to me. I know we did talk about the eating disorder part and what that was actually like, but gosh, let's get to the good stuff and talk about like, how to get recovery, how I recovered, and perhaps if you're going through something like this or you know somebody that um, that is, these are some practical things that I did that um, really led me to um, where I am today. Um, and when we have an eating disorder, it's you're on autopilot. A lot of times you don't know why you, why, what is the root issue, um, a root cause of, of doing these actions, whether you're restricting food, eating too much, binging, purging, whatever it is. Um, so the key for me, um, was looking at number one was looking at my, why, why am I doing this? One of the things, um, was I, I learned that, you know, the pressure to be thin, um, because I got validation from other people. So that was, that was one of the things. And then career unhappiness that I had chosen a career path practicing law. Um, that was not my calling that I did, you know, because my parents pushed me down that path and I wanted to be successful and I wasn't sure what else in life I wanted to do. So I did it. And I felt very unfulfilled inside. So it was a combination. Of, so identifying the why. So the pressure to be thin and getting and receiving validation from other people based on thinness. And gosh, I feel absolutely miserable in my career. I feel really stuck. And I don't know how to get out because what else can I do um, in life? Now, I have a law degree, but I I don't have anything else. So those were the... Um, that was the uh that was the why once i identified the why um i immersed myself in therapy so i started going i found a really great um psychiatrist and a psychologist two different two different um professionals that helped me in different ways um and i in, at the height of my eating disorder i went twice a week um, sometimes three times a week just depending on um, where I was and how bad and how extreme the binges were. And I know that that's not, you know, an, an option that's available to everybody because of the cost involved, but, you know, I urge you to look online because, and do your research because a lot of doctors, like I was, you know, I couldn't afford all of this, but a lot of doctors will work on a sliding scale basis um, if you know, depending on what your financial status is. And that was really helpful for me too, so that I could get the help that I needed at the time I needed it most. Um, and in those sessions, you, you come clean. I was, instead of just coming clean to my husband, like I talked about in the last episode, it was coming clean to a stranger where nobody's going to judge you. Um, you can talk all about um, the, the struggles that you're facing, and they give you some practical tools for, for dealing with it in your in your life. Um, and during that session, I realized, um, you know, I have a passion for health and fitness and the wellness, but um, how can I channel, turn that into a career? How can I do something with that, um, considering that I'm suffering from an eating disorder? So, I enrolled in a yoga teacher training and never intending to be a yoga teacher, but really because I wanted to immerse myself in community and I wanted to be around other people. And I wanted to understand more about the mind body connection. Um, And that was, that was huge. That was, I spent, um, I sneak out of my law office early um, to, to go to my teacher training. And that was the best investment that I ever made was, you know, taking money from my savings account and putting it into a yoga teacher training, even knowing that I never was going to practice yoga. But I felt like these little acts of self-care um, were, are more important than material things. Like I can go buy purses and shoes and buy all of those things that provide temporary happiness. But really what I needed was something that was intangible and that was community and around uh, being around other people and um, learning more about myself in that process. So my, what, what my passion was might not be yours. So maybe it's, it, it could be, joining a book club, it could be, it's just something that's out of your comfort zone that, um, that will surround you with other people and that brings community to you and that lights up your life and brings joy and helps you learn more about yourself in the process. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be, yeah, it doesn't have to be something that, you know, costs money for you to do. It's just got to be something that, you know, you enjoy. Maybe it's, maybe it's going out in nature, doing a weekly hike or so, like some place where you can tune in to yourself and and you know bring that mind body connection together
0: and so that was part of the healing like talk us through like when you had your i'll go oprah here is she the one that has the aha moment where you're like okay like this is this is what i needed this is part of like this is when it's Mm -hmm. gonna stop and i'm gonna make this transition and not go back and um be that person i know you have your you named your self-critic Karen right
3: yeah that my my girlfriend she was um, participating in a, a talk that we held on body love and here in San Francisco a few weeks ago we were talking about this inner critic um, that there's always, no matter how body positive you are, no matter how healed in this recovery are, healed you are. There's always this inner critic, this inner voice inside of you. She named hers Karen. I named mine Nancy. Okay, um, hers, where, is Karen. Where like, <laughs> hers is Karen. mine Nancy. Where it's like that that voice pops up in your head, but it's it's. Knowing to, knowing that, identifying and recognizing when it pops up and saying, you know what, shut up, get in the back seat of this car. You're not going to be the driver anymore. When you're in the eating disorder, you um, you let that inner critic guide every decision that you make. And then when you realize that no matter what, Hey, to this day, those things still pop up in my mind, but I recognize it now, and I'm like, Nancy, get in the freaking backseat because you don't have any place in my life anymore. Um,
0: oh, I love so, yeah, so- I love that too because it's like people can call it what they want, but you know, there is a part of our brain that, especially if you've been a part of like any sort of um, issue issue with food, like there may be if you've been restricting or dieting like our bodies are very smart and when you're in tune with that like you said having that mind body connection if mm-hmm. you're starving your body at some point it's going to be like okay like you're going to need to feed me and you might as well feed me a lot right now because i don't know when the next time i'm going to eat is because you like to starve me <laughs> so mm-hmm. then it, and you can call it whatever part of your brain that's like okay keep eating keep eating keep eating and then if you've if you want to compensate for it then you're like oh shoot i Ate way too much. Like now I've binged and then I need to figure out a way to either get rid of this, like by working out way too much or throwing up or doing whatever. But you can get ahead of it. Like once you're in that recovery, like get ahead of it by quieting that part of your brain. Like you said, shut up, Nancy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Get in that back seat because you don't belong here anymore. And, you know, during that time, too, you know, if I can, um, I, I'm kind of, I like to understand the kind of person that likes to understand why something is happening. Um, and I, there was a book that um, really helped me tremendously during this time, and it's called Brain Over Binge. And it's all about how, you know, when you do eat certain foods, they are, they're trigger foods that it's, it causes some type of chemical imbalance in your brain where, yes, you know, you, your body does crave more and more of, you know, in my case, it was sugar and refined sugar. But there is a, there is that connection. There is really a part of your brain that... Um, you know, like like you said, if you're going to restrict, you're going to crave more and more. Or if you have too much, you're still going to crave more and more. Um, so understanding that and, and knowing that there's nothing wrong with you as a person, that is something in our brains, the way that we're wired to cr- crave certain foods, whether you're restricting and putting your body in a flight or flight or fight mode or consuming too much where it's like, you know, sugar is a drug like crack that your body just keeps craving more and more of. So understanding that there's, you're not flawed. There's nothing wrong with you as a person that this is just the way human beings are wired. And now we're going to try to reverse that.
0: Right. And our bodies are so amazing and we can, we can, and our brains are so powerful and strong.
3: You can reverse it you absolutely can. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think I I told you in the last episode that I lost my period for, you know, over 15 years as a result of this. And I, when I met Greg, my husband, I told him, I was like, I don't know if, I don't think I'm going to be able to have kids one day. I don't have my period. I don't know what the, you know, what the future holds for us. And, you know, luckily for him, it was okay, whether we had kids or not, but um, you know, I will tell you as I healed and as I started getting more comfortable with the fact that my body is not comfortable being 115 or 20 pounds. That is not for some people. That's totally healthy. For me, that is not, that's not healthy. That's not an optimal weight for my particular bone structure and body to feel its best. And when I let go of that idea in my head and started, you know, shifting over to like eating foods that are nourishing and eating, um, you know, eliminating, really eliminating the refined sugar um, and letting my body kind of settle where it's meant to be and being okay with, you know, I'm not going to have a rock-hard body. And that's okay. But through that process and and going through that exercise and letting my body kind of settle out where it's meant to be, I got my period back. And, um, you know, after all those years um, of not having it, And gosh, it was nice in some ways not to have that every month, but you know, you, you, at some point you start not to feel like a woman and you start to feel like you're missing out on, you know, my hormones were lacking. I had no sex drive. I had none of these things that normal women had. Um, but you can reverse it. And so to your point, our bodies are so, um, resilient and you're going to ha- you have to do work. Like I had to, um, you know, re- kind of reset my digestive system because my gut was wrecked. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I'd go to the bathroom too much. Other times I couldn't go at all. Um, you know, so there's, you know, a whole like protocol that I did to just heal my gut lining from the binging and purging that I did, but you can do it. And like, that's like the, the, um, the biggest takeaway is that you can do it. You have to want it bad enough more than anything in life. And when you get to that point that you're going to, you can take the steps to to heal yourself.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing more on your recovery and just to, to recap, I feel like, highlights that you touched on would be that you know you had to realize that you had a problem you were rock bottom you're like what can I do and in the last episode you shared that part of that was finding people that care about you and will actually listen not try to fix you but just let you share because I mean again it was it's an embarrassing shameful thing it shouldn't be but it is so you didn't and then you realized the man you were going to marry happened to be that person and so then you found help in therapy. And then in therapy, you realized, you know, maybe you needed community and what could you dive into that was outside, especially if you were in an unhappy workplace. And that was a yoga teacher training, even though you didn't want to be a yoga instructor. And for other people, it might be something else, but, um, there was that. And then you had the, you know, you had the book, the, what is it? Is it brain over binge? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you had, uh, kind of that that moment? What what, would you say after that?
3: Um, so after brain over binge, um, you know, just having that aha moment hitting rock bottom and, um, continuing to tell people about, about it and not being ashamed anymore. So continuing to be open and open about it. And then you you just get more comfortable with, um, the recovery part.
0: Well, you're very brave and I appreciate it. And I know that this is going to touch a lot of people listening for sure. And I know on the last time you were on, we, we shared your, uh, that they needed to check out your life changing, um, tahini chocolate chip cookies. And so I want you to share another recipe that people need to go check out. Like if they were to go to your blog and check out anything else besides the cookies, what would that be?
3: Yeah. So one of the things that I hear a lot from readers is that they don't want to make a big, you know, a recipe that serves, you know, eight or 10 people. They want a a single serving dessert that they can just come home and whip up in under five minutes. So I have um, a paleo mug brownie cake and it is literally um, four ingredients that will, I think will also change your life because it's just, it's basically like a hug in a cup because it's a brownie in a mug serving size one. Um, and you'll be surprised to know that like the ingredients are super clean and healthy and it feels like you're eating some decadent, you know, a really decadent brownie, but it's actually good for you.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you, Nicole. And just, uh, just to clarify, even though I feel like I'm saying it a lot, but kalejunkie.com is where you can find the recipe and then at kalejunkie on Instagram. And I just think that you're awesome. And I, I'm so happy to have you part of the podcast and have you on As a regular, I feel like you're gonna be you're you're good for people. You're good.
3: Thank you so much, Amy.
0: Second thing. So this next thing is a Instagram post that I saw my friend Jessica Honegger put up. She's the founder of Noonday Collection and she's been a friend of mine for a long time. She lives in Austin with her family, has adopted kids, and her company Noonday Collection is all started because of her adoption and has grown. So she's this like awesome businesswoman doing all the things. Um, She's written a book called Imperfect Courage. And I've been on her podcast. I definitely wanna have her on here, but I I just saw this Instagram post and I was like, okay, I I don't have time to schedule her for this specifically. I wanna get this out there because I think it's important whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom, this little Instagram post is going to resonate with you And remind us that we're all important. We all play a role no matter what we do. And, you know, we all make it go round. So uh, I'm going to share this from Jessica and just know that eventually she will be a future guest on the podcast. Just got to work this out. But here is what she put up. I've been thinking about the working mom thing lately, maybe because I get my panties in a wad this time of year, teacher gifts, performances, end of school mayhem, Now, this is a photo of me reading a chapter of Imperfect Courage during the book tour. And those two boys in the front, they are mine and they are proud. That night, I read a chapter about running into the Queen Bee mom at my kid's school at Starbucks one morning on the way to work. What I didn't know is that mom was there at my book launch that night. The story goes like this. It was one of those glorious mornings where I actually had blown my hair dry and could grab a coffee and still be on time for work. But when I walked inside, I saw that mom, the one who led the Spanish outreach program, chaperoned all the field trips, and both dropped off and picked up her kids from school. I pretended like I didn't see her, but right before I let myself sink into comparison, I decided to connect with her and sheepishly said hello. Your office is so close to here, right? She said, Jessica, seriously, how do you do it all? This is the question that usually had me telling myself the story that goes, You must be dropping a lot of balls at home. But instead of defensiveness, a new compassionate voice emerged. I replied, The reason I'm able to do it all is because of you. Thank you for serving our school and being present so then when I'm not around, our kids still thrive. Well, after finishing the story, I noticed Starbucks mom crying in the corner. She came up to me afterwards and said, the first day of school is tomorrow. I feel shame that I don't have a job. I drop them off tomorrow and then what? This reminded me that I don't need to earn an income to matter. I do matter. And this is back to Jessica talking. Mamas, it takes all of us to be a we. For those of you that are tired mamas who spent countless hours up at our kids' school this year, thank you. For those of you mamas working to support your families and doing what you can at school, thank you. As we see the finish line to yet another year, let our biggest gift be to celebrate one another. So, anyway, I just loved this post so much. So, shout out to my friend Jessica for being an encouragement to all of us moms out there, the ones that are the working moms and the ones that are the stay-at-home moms that can also do a lot of the heavy lifting at school with our kids and the volunteering and all the things. And we all play a part. And it's, it's all important that we encourage each other and, like Jessica said, celebrate each other. In every pair of Takovas boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Takova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. Now, the best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you're gonna be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Visit Tacovas.com. that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research, I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results... And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off from searching online to asking your friends and family. There are a lot of ways to look for jobs, but have you considered finding your next job through a staffing company? your local Express Employment Professionals team is your one connection to endless job opportunities. With just one application, they can help you find a job at a company that fits your needs. Visit expresspros.com. And as always, Express never charges job seekers a fee. Express knows when companies are hiring, offers benefits and competitive pay. And in just one interview, they are prepared to present you to multiple companies who fit your needs. Express Employment Professionals places people in all kinds of jobs, including everything from customer service to warehouse jobs to accounting and IT roles. Let Express help you. And remember, there is never a fee for job seekers. Go to expresspros.com to get started and discover for yourself what it's like to have support in your job search. You can also start through the Express Jobs app. Download it today to search jobs, apply, and contact your local Express office. Then shop for grill master things if your dad loves to golf then you can go to the gift list that is for the golfer i mean really macy's has thought of it all if you have a tech savvy dad voila macy's gift finder again has you covered with that top gifts include beats headphones jbl portable speakers nintendo switch and more Top brands such as Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, Polo Ralph Lauren, Columbia, and more. Really, Macy's has it all, so don't be a last-minute shopper. Father's Day is June 16th. Make sure to check out Macy's.com slash to find a unique gift they'll love. Here we go. I, I, I okay, said in the intro that I've got Kim coming on, which, you know, is awesome, Kim Anderson, because... I feel like my husband sort of arranged this. He's like my podcast booking yes. agent. I love it. I <laughs> so love it. fun fact is that Kim's husband and my husband flew together in Afghanistan. Yeah, they so sure did. So they met over there and he was like, you live in Nashville? He's like, you live in Nashville? Yes. Like what a small world. They had I to go know. halfway around the world to find out that they lived, you know, 30 minutes so apart. Close.
1: And I think we both just moved here pretty yeah. recently,
0: right? Nashville's so we still, Nashville still yeah, it's very new. So that was that was a fun thing right when we moved here for my husband or like he was deployed to get a call. He's like you're never going to guess. I just met somebody that lives in Nashville. Yes. And then the guy that th- sings my theme song yes. for the podcast is Walker Hayes, yes. who your husband is also he's friends ready. with. Yeah. My husband yeah.
1: gets around. He's got a lot of a lot of, <laughs> a yeah. lot of friends. And
0: uh, do you ever say his nickname on the – is it no, okay to say it publicly? Absolutely. So his nickname's yeah. Gravy, and I have no idea why, honestly. Yeah. Is it because he's so like – Oh, gosh. I mean, he's like the – the mm-hmm. fact that he's a pilot and he can like fit mm-hmm. in a cockpit is funny to me, or a flight yeah. deck or whatever you want to call it, because yeah. he's
1: massive. Yeah, he is. And, you know, he exceeded the – ejection seat limit, um, when he was flying, I probably shouldn't say that I'm going to get someone in trouble, but, um, but yeah, so if he ejected, I don't know that he would have made it out of the plane, but yes, um, that's how massive he I is. Know, I know it's a long story. So he's been gravy forever, but it came from uh, the Naval Academy when he graduated. Um, there is a book called reef points and um, there's a minimum GPA to graduate. And he just went over that minimum GPA, which he oh, wow. shares publicly. I'm not trying to shame him. Um, he played football at the academy, and he just had football grades. Um, and so that gravy was just that little bit that he worked too hard for. He didn't need it to actually graduate. Right. It was gravy.
0: <laughs> so that's his nickname. That's so funny. Yes. I don't think I ever knew that that's where that came from, and I, I love it. It's and, you know, my husband's an academy guy, too, Air, Air Force, Force, right? So we so, can be a little bit of yeah. a rival. And he was on the football team his freshman year, but was a uh, not. He wasn't. Um, he was just a walk on. Like he wasn't like not drafted. Recruited, the d- NFL so drafted. Recruited. I know we've got drafted. Like on the our draft mind, is right? on my brain because the NFL draft just ended. But he was. He wasn't like recruited. Recruited to go play there. So it wasn't a purdy, But I mean, yeah, he probably would have had gravy grades too because. It was so much balancing being a cadet yes. and trying to play football yes. and keep your grades up and sleep and sleep. Mm-hmm. Like he, he ended up being like, you know what? My dream would be to play football selfishly yes. because how amazing that I even got the chance to walk on, but yes. it's killing me. Like yes. I will not make it out I of here. Not. I won't graduate. And that was his, and he wanted to be a pilot. Like he almost didn't. Yes. Yeah. So super cool. So y'all got to hear Kim and I just like, you know, share some stuff here with y'all. But, um, that's, that's what it's all about. And I love that, uh, our husband's brought us together for this because Kim's going to come on and do a series of, uh, podcasts like the next, I'd say the next four or five, four things episodes, you're going to be one of the things because you have a a couple of different areas we want to touch on. And if y'all, you know, throughout, if y'all have questions while she's on, I think I'll just go ahead and throw this out there since you know, she's on now and she's going to be, coming back, or maybe I could reach out to her and maybe in a Q&A answer something. But if you hear this and you've got a question, send it to me, mm-hmm. and that way I can try to find it out from, from Kim. But today we're going to talk about the power of saying no and boundaries, because I feel like sometimes we end up being a bunch of yes people, and we don't know how to not be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know how to give ourselves permission to just say no. Yeah. And- I know that you say there's a lot of freedom in being able to say no, which my friend just saw Brene Brown speak last weekend at a mother's conference. And she put on Instagram Mm -hmm. that she had a busy Saturday. She was supposed to go out that night and she was hugging her son goodbye Mm -hmm. and got on the floor with him. And he like really did not want to let go. Mm -hmm. And whatever she was going to, she was really excited about it. It was like, you know, it had been on the calendar, like she was leaving. Mm -hmm. But then she ended up just being like, you know what? is this a moment where I just say no right. to, to that and lay here with my son? Mm-hmm. And so she said she did. Yeah. And, you know, there's the FOMO, mm-hmm. fear of missing yeah. out. Yeah. And then I don't know if you've seen JOMO. Yes. But
1: yes. I have a lot of friends that experience JOMO. Yes. I do not, but a lot
0: of my friends Oh, <laughs> I experienced it like crazy. So it's the joy of missing out. Yeah. And I commented on her Instagram and I was like, Jomo uh-huh. because yeah you missed out on whatever you mm-hmm. were doing but because you said no you had that quality
1: time with your son yes and well every time we're saying yes to something we're saying no to something else right right and so that really becomes what we've got to do um you know in in our lives daily is just assess is this the most important thing
0: yeah okay so talk to us a little bit about the power of no yes. like if you were giving a little mini, pep talk to people yes. on the power of saying, no, that's what this is. That's, that's what we're doing yes, right now.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I had to get here because I call myself a recovering people pleaser. Okay. And so for years I said yes to everything. Um, you know, Dave would be deployed. I would say yes to this. I would say yes to that. Um, and at the end of the day, I would feel exhausted. I'd feel resentful. Um, I would feel like I was about to cry. Um, and it took actually, you know, uh, I'm a therapist, but before that I did coaching. Um, I do both now, but I did my coach training first. And there was a series where we got coached ourselves and there was a boundaries unit. And it took that boundaries unit for me to look and and really assess my life and where I had weak boundaries. And it was just like this huge light bulb moment for me. Um, just the cost, the cost of letting everybody else run the show for me or put their expectations on me. So um, that's part of really what moved me into the work that I do with women is because I have so many people coming to me just um, carrying that weight and carrying that resentment and not really feeling free. Right. Um, and so when we look at boundaries, I love to use a castle metaphor. Okay. Tell and, me more about yeah, the castle yeah. metaphor. So we all as adults have our own castle. Imagine that. Um, and we've got this uh, moat around the castle with ferocious alligators to protect us and okay. keep us safe. And we've got a sign on the other side of our castle that has the rules, right? So in my in my castle, it would be we go to bed really early because sleep's so important to me. Um, and there's a lot of things that I would have on that sign. Uh, but we have to know how to lower the drawbridge and raise the drawbridge so that we can let the good in and keep the bad out, right? So I'm speaking really kind of stereotypically uh, in good and bad here, but. Um, But what works for us, what doesn't work for us, what builds us up, what doesn't build us up, what tears us down. And some people grow up in homes where they learn that you just have to keep the, the drawbridge shut. No matter what, the world is bad, keep it shut. And then other people grow up in homes where they learn to keep the drawbridge down. And so anybody can come in and invade their castle any time of the night Uh, metaphorically they don't have control over protecting themselves Mm -hmm. and so as adults what we want to be able to do is make sure that we are able to raise and lower the drawbridge accordingly but most importantly we've got to be able to put our rules and uh, have it clear on the sign on the other side of the moat okay and that's where we go so wrong is
0: well yeah because it seems like I don't know. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I don't know. I guess I know this is a metaphor, mm-hmm. but when you say have the rules, is it rules that are clear to yourself? Yes, your Not rules. necessarily rules that are clear. I couldn't yep. imagine myself like proclaiming my rules to other nope, people. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. But these are the rules to
1: yourself. What, what, What is going to work in this castle, right? Okay, so gotcha. So completely metaphorically, right? Right. And so um, what we do so often is we expect people to know our boundaries mm. without really setting them. Right. And so the rules become the boundaries. Sometimes um, they need to be super clear if we've got people that have been violating them for a long time. Um, Sometimes we attract people who respect them and they don't have to be as harsh or as clear. But regardless, it's our responsibility to communicate them. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like we've got to be able to put them out there. Um, And and so often we're so afraid of disappointing other people Mm -hmm. that we don't Create clear boundaries in the first place. And the biggest lesson for me was learning it's okay to disappoint people. Right. And that was a big struggle. So, cause I mean, and now
0: I'm thinking, cause I gave my friend as an example, cause it seems like something so trivial, like saying no to whatever she had up that Saturday night like yes. her saying no to that. Yes. But in a way, you know, you know, all along, maybe she would have been saying yes to it, which meant she said no to being home for the night either way. Is it, right. and then ultimately her son showed her like, oh, please don't go. And that tugged at her. But maybe if she hadn't, she still would have been saying yes to the event and no Mm -hmm. to being home. And I keep thinking of like our home life and how sometimes have you found, Mm -hmm. is it easier for people to say yes to like strangers and things that really don't matter and say no to the family just because it's comfortable. You know, they're going to love you no matter what. So you can say no, 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 no. And then there's going to be moments where it catches up. And I'm not saying that's what my friend does, but it just made me think of her example and then how I often do that, even with my husband. I would have a much easier time telling him no and my family no yes. so that I can go please somebody Strange. that I barely know mm-hmm. because it's like I want them
1: to think. Yeah, to not be disappointed. Not
0: disappointed at me. Right? Yeah.
1: But, yeah. And so we hold everybody's expectations up, you know, so to speak, on these platters But then we drop the platters of the ones that really matter to us, right? The people that really matter to us. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to do. And so we've got to think about the difference between loving and pleasing, right? So if somebody puts demands on us, um, it's not our responsibility to please them. It's our responsibility to love them. And sometimes loving people um, might be disappointing them if it doesn't work for us. Right. And it gets tricky at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what
0: was it like whenever you decided to become not a yes person all the time? it was so
1: hard. I actually had to put a – I mean, this was years ago when I had a big uh, monitor on my desk, and I put a sticky note up on top of my computer screen that said, it's okay to disappoint people. Oh, wow. Do you know every time I read it, I would still cringe a little bit uh, because it took a long time for me to give myself that freedom and that permission. But the minute that I did, I mean, it was just so – freeing to not feel like I was in bondage to what everybody else was expecting of me. Yeah. Right. But if we grew up in a home where there's shame or guilt for no, you know, a lot of times we grew up in places where if we say no, we're met with shame or guilt. Um, it's, it's pretty difficult.
0: Right. Yeah. It's all. So a lot of times too. Yeah. Where you came from or what you, the mm-hmm. environment you've created for so long, that just mm-hmm. becomes habit. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. So there's some truths that you have that I want to go over and the first one is interesting to me, um, no is a sentence. Mm-hmm. It is. So can you explain that? Right. I mean, I think I can gather what it means. I've never heard no is a sentence, but sometimes we feel like, is it because you feel like you have to say no and here's why? Here's
1: why. No, here's why, and I'll do this instead, um, which sometimes is fine. Sometimes that is the no, I can't do this, but I can do this, right? But but typically no is, ooh, I'm a bad person for saying no. Right. Right. And and. Um, but we we should,
0: but just know that no, yeah, no it's is okay. enough.
1: It's okay. You can only make so many cupcakes for the school, right? You can only uh, volunteer so many times. Volunteering is wonderful. It's uh, serving. Serving is important. But there are times when it doesn't work out and that's okay.
0: Another truth you have is others' disappointments are their own. Um, or, oh, sorry. Others' disappointments are theirs to own. Um, and it's okay for people to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: yeah, it's their responsibility. My feelings are my responsibility, not somebody else's, right? Uh, and my disappointment's my responsibility too. And it's okay for me to dis- be disappointed, right? We talk about um, it's okay for others to be disappointed, but oftentimes we don't want to feel disappointed. And we can have adult temper tantrums, you know, if we don't get our way. And it's my responsibility, again, to accept no, just as, as important it is, is to give no's.
0: Another truth here is you are the only one who can protect your boundaries. No one else will do it for you. Yeah. So you're the one with the controls to the drawbridge yep. Yep. and Absolutely. putting the rules up.
1: Yes. Yeah. And guess what do you think happens when we have a castle and we leave the drawbridge down? Mm-hmm. We attract all kinds of people that are boundary violators, right? They love to come into that castle because they can just go right in. And so the minute that somebody learns to close the drawbridge, when it's appropriate, not always, but when it's appropriate, um, what do you think is going to happen to those people who've had the had free access to your castle this whole time? Yeah. They're not going to like it. No. Right? So boundaries always get worse or that the issue gets worse before it gets better once we've established the boundary because they're not going to like it.
0: Yeah. And this last truth we sort of touched on, um, there is a difference between loving and mm-hmm.
1: pleasing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're called to love, right? And so that is important. But again, if it's not what the other person wants, it's okay. Yeah. As long as you're being kind.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I love it. I mean, I think that's – oh, I love that you said as long as you're being kind because you don't have to – maybe I'm just picturing if people feel like they have to say no, then suddenly they put up some like – guard or defense of like, okay, right. just no, I can't do it. I don't want right. to deal with it, whatever. And it comes off as rude, right. rude. Yeah. but really just make sure, you know, you're making yeah. a healthy decision for yourself and you don't need to have that guard or that defense up or that like ugh, yeah. frustratedness with the no, just right. own the no, accept the okay. no, find freedom in the no. Yes. And then it'll genuinely come off as, yes, as a
1: no that is also kind. Yeah. I mean, it can sound like this: "Thank you so much for that opportunity. I'm not able to do it right now, but I will definitely keep it in mind for the future." Yeah, that's no.
0: Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, so this is this was a quick talk on you know learning to say no. I hopefully, I hope that it resonated with some of you listening. I know. I'm not. I've never been a people pleaser, really. Mm-hmm. So, that's I gift. mean, there's some things <laughs> my sister is. So she may be listening to this and like find out. But yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I don't want to let people down, right? But I don't think I've had a problem with saying, yeah, no, this doesn't work. For but me. I wonder sometimes if I've been a, like an invader of mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. that, and that's what I'm now. I'm evaluating that in my head. I'm like, have I ever been like taking advantage of somebody's drawbridge right. that was down, Right. you know, right. and making sure I think. If you're, if you're listening and you're like me, like looking at all sides of it, like maybe you need to be, there are definitely times where I've been a yes person to mm-hmm. people there. I think we all had that, but it's, I wasn't like a chronic yes, yes, yes. yes like,
1: Could like
0: if, yeah, <laughs> if I couldn't bake the cupcakes or whatever, yeah. I have no issue being like, I cannot bake I, the cupcakes. Can't. I'm so sorry. Yes.
1: <laughs> like Good luck. Yeah, and there the is part. such freedom in that. Yeah, right? but the res- there is. Like you're saying, the responsibility lies on both sides. Right, it right. lies on
0: both sides. But evaluate yourself too, and make sure that you're not. If you send someone in your life that is a yes person, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm kind of thinking of people in my life that I know are like, whoa, I need to step back. Have I ever taken advantage of that? Right. Or have I ever come in when maybe they probably needed some space mm-hmm. because, and and it's nobody. I think it's just um, being aware of. Your relationships and your surroundings. I don't know that it's it's nobody's fault in all of this. It's just being more aware of yourself and others. Absolutely. And so, since I'm self aware that I know I'm not a chronic people pleaser, I need to also be aware: Have I taken advantage of chronic people pleasers in my life? Sure, because I'm sure that I have. Well,
1: I mean, it happens all the time, and you know, on both sides again. But it's you know, it's also their responsibility to say to step up and say it doesn't work. Right.
0: Okay. Just knowing it, right? Like you said, being aware. Okay, and then I think my favorite takeaway from this, so I'll recap it, is no is a sentence. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Even though I don't have a problem saying no, I give a no with like five reasons why Mm -hmm. because I don't – I want it to be clear like I'm – yeah. And And then that almost seems like not – authentic.
1: Right, right. Well, we sound like we're makeup. Like you're making stuff up. And
0: here's a blah, blah, blah but, 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 but just leave exactly. it at, you know, I'm like simple mm-hmm. and no can be the sentence. So Kim, since this is your first time on, um, something I'm doing with guests that come on is giving them, it's the four things podcast. And we have these four things totes that support Haiti. And uh, we went over this before we started. So I got Kim's four things. Well, she actually was gonna give me a different set of four things, but then she saw my tote. So <laughs> I was like, I like that. Yes. I'm carrying um <laughs> the I'd mom pick. goals tote. So um Kim, you can read them. So yes. and why you think that they are good for you.
1: Yeah. Love hard, have grace, laugh often, and get sleep. Mm-hmm. And those are all I love hard. I, I just I live hard, love hard. Grace is everything. We've got to give it to ourselves and to others. Yes. Life's boring without laughter. We can't take ourselves too seriously, and we do. And anybody that does life with me knows I'm neurotic about sleep.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's amazing. I love that you were, I mean, originally you are like, okay, I think I'll say something like, you know, faith, family, fun, something, da-da-da. And then I showed you this mom goals one. You're like, okay, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, Yeah. love it. Awesome. So, well, thank you for coming on, and we will... um, definitely have you back to talk about other areas in our life that we could be working on but I appreciate the boundaries talk because I feel like a lot of people ho- I hope a lot of yes, yes people are listening right now and they're like, okay, it's okay. I need to put yeah. the bridge up it's okay just for a little bit
1: with Amy Brown. Uh, uh, uh.
0: so for this last thing I want to talk about Enneagram numbers and songs. So I've had Hunter, my Enneagram expert, on a couple of episodes, and he's going to come back and talk more and more about the Enneagram. And I know a lot of you are into it. Some of you are like, what the heck is it? But I mean, it's just a way to learn more about your personality. And a number defines some of your characteristics and your traits and why you are the way that you are. And it helps you with relationships and working with people. So anyway, Hannah... Hannah, if you're listening, thank you so much for this email. I think it's super cool. Uh, she was listening and decided to send me this email because she wanted me to share it with all of y'all, that there's this group that now has songs out about, about each number. The only problem is, depending on when you're listening to this, when I'm recording it right now, there's there's one through nine numbers on the Enneagram. But they've only recorded eight songs, so the nine number nine song isn't out yet. So if you're nine, it's like, wah, 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 you don't get to hear your song yet. But hopefully soon. So here is what Hannah wrote. Hey, Amy, I'm somewhat new to the Enneagram world, but so many people around me are really loving it. I'm still trying to discover what number I am. In the process of figuring it out, my mom showed me this playlist from the group Sleeping At Last. It's a playlist of eight single song releases. They haven't released nine yet. They wrote a song for each Enneagram number, and it is so cool. Usually when people hear their song, they get very emotional about it. I thought this might be something that you would be interested in and might want to share with others. All you got to do is go to sleepingatlast.com. All the songs are called Atlas 1, Atlas 2, Atlas 3, etc. So it's super cool. So I went... Yay. And this is like one of the songs that I pulled. So this is kind of what they sound like. But I could imagine if you want to listen to it, you just turn on a song. Maybe go to the number you think is yours. And if you don't know your number, maybe listen to them all. But take time to be quiet. Turn on the song. Close your eyes. Lay there. And then really take in what is being said and see if you resonate with it. And if you connect to it, it's like, or you get emotional, like Hannah was saying, she said, usually when people hear their song, they get very emotional about it. So I I have to admit, I thought I would have time to listen to my song before I came on to record this with you guys, but I'm still not convinced of my number. Enneagram Hunter, he says I'm a three, but I don't really know for sure, for sure if I'm a three. We're still working through that, but this, this song is actually three. That's the one that I pulled because I am going to listen to it and I'll update y'all if I really feel that connection. And I'm going to even ask Hunter about these songs too, to see if he's listened to them, to see, you know, if he's heard, if people have really connected in that way, but could be cool. Could be cool for you. So definitely check it out again. Sleepingatlast.com is where you can find the songs. And then, you know, Hunter's going to be back on. discuss some more Enneagram things because I think you are really liking that stuff. We're going to talk about like how to use the Enneagram in relationships, how each number moves toward another number in times of stress and in times of security. And then also we'll get into like what you do once you know your Enneagram number. Maybe you're just now finding it out and you're like, now what? So I'll have him on a couple of different episodes to break down some of that stuff. So. Hannah, shout out. Thank you for um, this little note to me and everybody else that might be into the Enneagram. So now we can like check out our song. All right, cool. Thanks. Okay, that's a wrap on today's episode. Hope you guys really enjoyed it. If y'all ever have thoughts or questions after you hear an episode, make sure you send everything to four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com and then we'll be back on Tuesday with another Q&A episode with some of your thoughts and questions and maybe you just have something you want to share I also do email shout outs at the end of every four things episode on Thursday so that's what I'm going to get into right now and the email is from Tracy Hey, Amy, I've been a listener of The Bobby Bone Show for several years now and recently started listening to your podcast, which I thoroughly enjoy. As a native of Fayetteville, North Carolina, and a teacher at the high school in Southern Pines, shout out. Hey, honey, my husband's in here as I'm reading this. Honey, what? Southern Pines.
2: Yeah, That's where we lived.
0: Shout out. Love it. When my husband was stationed at Fort Bragg, we lived in Southern Pines for five years. Mm -hmm. And it's like the cutest, quaintest little town. And she teaches at the high school.
2: That's great. Yeah.
0: Okay. Love it. Back to the email. I feel like I have grown to learn more about you and love being able to connect with you on a personal level. Our school has started a kindness movement at lunch, and students have used sidewalk chalk to write sweet notes around the school. Since your motto is choose joy, I thought you would love to see what our students are doing. I can't wait to listen every week, and I hope I can be an ambassador of joy in my classroom every day. Thank you for your mission and sharing your joy with us, Tracy, and then she attached a picture Of like the sidewalk art and like the the choose joy written all over the place. And it was just so cool. And I thought that that was a neat thing because if I've got any teachers listening, maybe this is something you can implement in your classroom or if your school allows sidewalk chalk. I mean, in our neighborhood, honey, we sometimes people write on like the graffiti on the sidewalk, like nice notes. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Because then when you're walking like your kids or your dog or whatever and you look down, you're like, I'm beautiful. I'm smart. Choose joy. Be kind. Love it. Laugh a lot. Do it. Do you know the fourth thing of my song? Be kind, choose joy, laugh a lot. Eat cake. Oh, you do listen. <laughs> okay. You passed the test. Um, well, that's also I have that on a tote and a, a pullover.
2: And your computer.
0: And my computer. Oh, you just cheated. It's mm. literally I have a joy like, seeker right decal my on my computer. I think we're sold out of those though.
2: And it's in your song.
0: It I know. That's what I was trying to get you to pull it from but then I realized oh. we have it like all over in our lives because of all the espoir stuff so okay uh thank you Tracy for the email thank you everyone for listening and we hope you have a great day don't we babe
2: mm-hmm. have all a right. great day bye <laughs>
0: <laughs> be kind joy, laugh
1: a lot E-K-E-K. be kind joy, laugh a lot thing for your soul, things. life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful. Laugh a little more, things. tight, tighten up your core. Things. Said can, you're kicking it with four things with Amy Brown.
0: All right, this sun season, evolve your sun care with new Banana Boat 360 coverage with Advanced Control Mist. It's a new way to spray it's an all new bottle for an all new mist experience that smells great and is incredibly light on your skin you can even customize your spray like to cover targeted areas you just tap the trigger lightly or you can pull the trigger fully for a long continuous spray ensuring long lasting banana boat protection plus it's refillable from sweat resistant sport formula to kids spf 50 plus this is sun care that'll come in handy when my kids are swimming, playing sports, when I'm hiking, when we're out at the lake, or whatever it is that we're doing outdoors. Shop Banana Boat 360 Mist at Walmart, Target, or Amazon. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Takova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they're going to last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store where you're going to be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. So come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you